of this short series that we're doing for the next couple of weeks is pray for a change. Now that is twofold. How many of you know there's some things that need to change? And in order for things to change, we need to pray. But then the other side of the coin is this. Some are not praying. You know, the major problem with prayer is this, is most people don't do it. And so my assignment is to say to you by the word of the Lord, pray for a change. Please pray for a change. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to our hearts today. You and I have been given an incredible and powerful privilege to pray to the Almighty God. We can connect with Him. God has a covenant promise, a reciprocal response, if you will. He said, if you will call upon me, I will answer you. In Jeremiah 33, he says this, Call to me and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you have not yet discovered, that you do not yet know. They say, There are some things ready to be birthed on the inside and made known to you in your understanding. But you must call upon him, you must seek his face, and let your requests be made known unto him. And the wisdom that he's placed on the inside from the ancient, ancient of days shall be made manifest to your understanding. So do not wait any longer, but yea, call upon me, says the Lord, I will answer thee, and I will reveal unto you exactly what what you need to know. Amen. Oh, glory to God. So we can connect with God. He hears our prayer. He answers our prayer. You can approach him in prayer. You can come boldly to him individually in prayer. You have access to him in prayer. You have been invited to prayer. You have a holy invitation to a glorious visitation from your good, good father. And so prayer today is simply communing with him. George Mueller said this. He said, I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk about, when I lie down and when I rise up. And he said, and the answers are always coming. My prayer for this church is that we become a people of prayer. Prepared and ready for what lies ahead in our individual lives and for what lies ahead in this nation. We must be road ready. Yes, we can pray reactively as things happen in our lives, but I believe it is the will of God to pray out our future and to pray proactively and to get out of ourselves, get ahead of ourselves in the realm of the Spirit so when the future comes, He's there. I say, when the future comes, He's there. Woo! Glory to God. When the mountain's standing in your way, he's right there, ready to move that mountain by what you say. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. Prayer gives you peace and removes all panic from your life. Prayer is something that God wants us to do. How many of you know that there's nothing good about panic? Panic blinds your, blinds your ability to reason and use logic. Here's what panic does. Panic creates an intense emotion. And the question I have for you today, what is the prescription for panic? I'll tell you what it is. It is prayer. And in Philippians 4, 7, he says, listen, be careful for nothing. Do not have any anxiety. Do not fret or worry about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, here's what you can do. You can let 
your requests be made known unto God. What God is saying to us today, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell Him what you need and thank Him for what He's done. And then you will experience a peace that passes understanding. And it will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. I'm about to get happy right now. Because we have overcome the world, the flesh and the devil. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We're connected with Him who is in high places. He's raised us up together with Him. And so all panic and all stress is under our feet. Because we've learned to pray and give thanksgiving and dance and shout about it too. Hallelujah. I'm glad you're excited about that. Woo! Everyone go, ha, 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 devil. We've learned how to pray. We are those that can have what we say. We are those that listen and obey. And together we rise up in faith. And we possess our land. For the Lord is on our side. He is the captain of our salvation. He is leading the way. And I'm following him every day. Hallelujah. How many of you are following him every day? Jesus was the greatest person to ever walk this earth. I mean, he'd go from place to prayer to miracles to place to prayer. And you know, when his disciples came to him... They didn't say to him, oh, Lord, teach us to preach. They didn't say, teach us to teach. But they said, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Holy Spirit, may this congregation not just be commentators and spectators, but may we all be players and prayers. May we not just sit on the sidelines and idly watch as time passes by. But may we rise up in the realm of the Spirit with the name of Jesus and declare the word of the Lord and what the Spirit is saying through prayer. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not a spectator. I'm not a critical commentator. I'm in. I'm all in. I'm a player. And I'm a prayer. Now, I don't mean you're a player in a bad sense. I mean you're in. Some of you players need to get delivered. Thank you. I felt something up in here. Now, we should be praying. We should pray for ourselves. We should pray for one another. We should learn to pray the prayer of agreement. We should learn the rules of the prayer of agreement. When a brother or a sister has a need, we don't want to just pat them on the back and say, hang in there, tiger. No, let's go to the Word. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it will be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. And then he said, because where two or three are gathered in my name, He said, I am right there in the midst of you to see to it that what you have agreed upon comes to pass. And don't just pray this little flippant prayer, I agree, I agree. No, get the word in. Oh, glory to God. And pray the word over all circumstances. And I need to say this to you this morning because prayer was never ever meant to be complex. 
Prayer was never meant to be burdensome. Prayer was never meant to frustrate you. Prayer is sweet communion with Him. Prayer brings His presence into all life's circumstances. Wherever level you are in spiritually, whether you pray in the Spirit or not, you can pray. You can take the Scriptures and pray the Scriptures. You can pray the Ephesians prayers. You can pray the Church of Philippians prayer. You can pray the prayers in Colossians. Don't be bummed out because you don't pray an hour every day. You know, that was a huge, huge thing many, many years ago. And the underlying message was, you know, if you don't pray for an hour, you're not very spiritual. Well, how many of you know we're in the flesh right there? No, I believe that prayer ought to be ongoing. I believe it ought to be all day long. Amen? I don't know about you, but I tried to pray for an hour once and looked at my clock. It was two minutes. I got bummed out. The devil does not want you to pray. He wants prayer to be cumbersome. But prayer, as I see it, is user-friendly. Let me share with you a couple prayer refreshers. We are to pray to the good, good Father in the name of Jesus. Jesus is your connection to the throne room. In John 16, 23 and 24, it says, And in that day, he said, You'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I tell you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he's going to give it to you. He said, Now up until now, you've asked nothing in my name, but ask and you shall receive so that you may really, really, really be bummed out all day long. No, no, no. So that you may be full of the joy of the Lord. Who can testify today that when they prayed, the Lord answered and you had some joy? Who can tell me today that the joy of the Lord is your strength? Who can tell me today that you've experienced the joy of answered prayer? I mean, you didn't have any bread in your cupboards and bread came. Your little ones came back to the house to be nursed by your side. You couldn't pay your PG&E bill, but God showed up. God showed up. God showed up. God showed up. You looked like you were down for the one count, the two count, the three count. Oh, but on that third day, resurrection power came into your soul and raised you up just like he raised Jesus up. Woo! Everyone go, ha, ha, ha. I'm learning to pray. I'm connected to my Father. I'm having what I say. It's a brand new day. This is the day. Mm. Somebody better hold my mule. I'm about to shout and dance. I'm about to get out on the boulevard. I'm about to climb up on the roof of this church and shout it from the housetops. Now, learn then at all times to pray 
in accordance to his word. His word is your toolbox. His word is your menu. His word is his will. And his word is filled with promises. And for every problem that you will ever face in life, there is a promise that trumps every problem. And I'm not talking about Donald Trump. We're not to be looking to Donald Trump. We're looking to the Word of God that trumps every situation. I'm just saying. So <laughs> look in His Word. Look in His Word. Find what you need. Take His promises and start praying. Here's what Jesus said in John 15:7. He said, if you abide in me, if you live vitally connected to me, he is the vine. We are the branches. We are to dwell in fellowship and in communion with him. That's the first step to answered prayer. Get saved. Act like you're saved. Get the world out. Get the word in. You just have to excuse me. I've been awake since 4 a.m. and I'm about ready for lunch right now. Glory to God. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Have you had your Wheaties today? You shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. The subject of this verse is you. You is mentioned five times. It is not all up to God whether our prayers are answered or not. We have a role to play. Dad Hagen said, find a scripture that covers your case. And be specific when you pray. Specificity is a good thing to be when you go to Lucky today. If Brenda and I go to Lucky after church, and we've got that card empty after an hour, they're going to wonder about Mark and Brenda Thomas. Uh, sir, can we help you with something? Is there anything you need? Oh, we're not looking for anything in particular. That's exactly what we will get, is nothing in particular. And so you've got to be specific about your prayer. See, here's what being specific does. It keeps you from being vague, lifeless, weak, and it keeps you out of having mindless prayers. The first problem with prayer is people don't do it. The second problem is people are way too vague. Specifics give faith and prayer a target. Listen to this statement. Specific prayers bring specific answers. Say that with me. Specific prayers... Bring specific answers. For every problem, there's a promise, and faith comes, quote it with me, faith cometh by and hearing by the word of the Christ. And so our prayers must run on faith. Whether you're praying in the Holy Ghost, whether you're praying out the will of God in things you don't understand up here, but you're praying in the Spirit by the Holy Spirit, this too must be done in faith. But when it comes to praying for a change for you individually, listen, friends, they must line up with the Word of God. E.W. Kenyon said this. He said, prayer should be God looking down on earth, seeing a mirror, reflecting his word back to him 
I like this from Mark Brzee's book on processing the plan of God. He said this, if we take the time to abide in him and get his word abiding in us, when we go to God in prayer, we will be like mirrors reflecting his word back to him. And that's when we will get the desired results. How does this translate? Let me just illustrate it to you. Let's say, for example, I was diagnosed with pancreatitis. That's inflammation of the pancreas, which I wasn't, but just for the sake of an example. So what do I do? Well, I go to the Word, and I find scriptures that cover my case. Well, I can think of one right away. Matthew 8, 17 says, Himself, Jesus, took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. First and foremost, I see something there that what he took, I don't have to take. And what he bore, I need not bear. But then I think of 1 Peter 2.24. So I go to the Word. I hide it in my heart. It says, Who his own self bore my sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live to righteousness. By whose stripes you were what? You were healed. Fred Price says it this way. If you were healed, you are healed. And if you are healed, you is healed. But then in the mouth of two or three witnesses, you see, get this word in your heart. Whether it be for your children being saved or uh, for a promotion on the job or divine prosperity, find the scriptures that cover your case. And then lastly, I may look at Galatians 3.13, which says, Christ purchased my freedom, redeeming me from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for me. Hallelujah. Therefore, what he was cursed with, I don't have to be cursed with. I'm blessed with the blessing of Abraham. And then I look over Deuteronomy 28:61, where it lists all sickness and all disease as a curse of the law. That includes pancreatitis. And so here's what I do. And here's what you can do. Go before the Father. Heavenly Father, I give you praise. I give you thanksgiving for your word. Your word says that Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. Your word says, by his stripes I was healed. Your word says that Jesus redeemed me from the curse of the law. I just want to remind you of your word. And Lord, I believe that I receive complete healing from pancreatitis. Amen? That is bringing his word before his throne. That's not being arrogant. And that's not being full of pride. That's just being smart. He told us to come. He didn't tell you to come arrogantly, but he told you to come boldly to the throne of grace. And my brothers and sisters, God's word will work for you in your midnight hour. Yes, we should agree with one another, but we should be able to pray the word of God for ourselves. 1 John 14, 5, 14 and 15 says, and this is the confidence. This is the assurance The privilege of boldness, everyone say boldness, which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything and make any requests according to his will or according to his word, how do you find the will of God? You find the will of God in the word of God. The word of God and the will of God are synonymous. And so if we make those requests in alignment with his word, in agreement with his plan, How many of you know he listens to us and hears us? We just did a three-part series on hearing him. Amen? But he also hears us. Read verse 15 together. Ready? Read. And if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know 
with settled and absolute knowledge that he, we have granted as our present possessions the requests. Woo, glory to God. My heavenly Father is handing out grants. And so confidence, assurance, and boldness from, comes from knowing his will. You see, uncertainty of the word of God causes us to pray outside of his will. Now, how many of you know that when you pray, according to James, it says you must ask in faith? Yeah. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not man think that he should receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I'm telling you, the word is your anchor. The word is your stabilizer. See, what wavering does is wavering affects what we receive. Every prayer that we pray must be prayed in faith. Now, this next statement was worth you combing your hair and brushing your teeth and putting your clothes on, thank God, and coming to church. Listen to this. This next statement. Prayer without a promise, it doesn't have a foundation. Prayer without a promise has no foundation. And promise without a prayer has no purpose. Now let's flip it the other side. Prayer with a promise has a firm foundation. Now the word of God is the substance of things hoped for. It is the foundation of those things that we, we absolutely desire. It is the evidence of things not seen. So prayer with a promise is a solid foundation. And a promise with a prayer keeps you on target. And it has great purpose. Oh, hallelujah. And so I'm encouraging you today. I'm exhorting you this morning. If you haven't been praying, pray for a change. And if you're complaining and moaning and groaning about how things are, pray for a change to take place. We've been given the prayer that changes things. Prayer changes things. Prayer can change your body. Prayer can change the chemicals in your brain. Prayer can change your marriage. Prayer can change... Oh, glory. Prayer can change our nation. You do know that God's not given up on the USA, do you not? Prayer changes things. Oh, Jesus. Help me, Lord, to get this across. Get it to the people, Lord. And then we must pray in faith. We must say amen at the end of our prayers. Or as the Greeks say, I mean. Everyone say amen. amen. Everyone say I mean. What does that mean? It means so be it. It means let it be this way. It shall be so. I believe God heard me. Dad Hagen said this, that Faith always wins with the, uh, ends with the glad confession, it's mine, I have it now. You see, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, he said, what things soever you desire when you pray, 
Believe that you receive them and what? Now, at what point in time do you believe that you receive your healing? At what point in time do you believe you receive your promotion? When you pray. So it is your responsibility, number one, to pray. And then number two, to believe you receive. Another way to say it is this, believe you take it. And then the scripture says, and you then shall have them. You shall have them means perhaps a future tense. But that's not your part. That's not your responsibility. That's God's part. Your part is to stay in the faith zone. And stay excited and stay expecting for that day when it manifests in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Therein you can fight the good fight of faith. Oh, Jesus. Assume a posture that Paul told Timothy in the New Testament where he said, I desire therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. I exhort you this morning to lay your cares down. Let them go and pray to God. He is the one who can help. Say this with me. He hears my prayer. And he answers my prayer. Oh, man, the potency of prayer has subdued the strength of fire. It has bridled the rage of lions. It has expelled demons. It has broken the chains of death. It has assuaged diseases. It has stopped the sun in its course. It has arrested the progress of the thunderbolt. There is a prayer. An all-sufficient armory, if you will. A treasury undetermined. A mind never exhausted. A sky unobscured by clouds. A heaven unruffled by any storm. John Antioch said this. Prayer is the root. It is the fountain. And it is the mother of a thousand of blessings. Thousands of blessings. Sir Isaac Newton said this. All my, discover, all my discoveries have been made in prayer. All my discoveries have been made in prayer. And God is waiting for you and for me to enter into this realm of prayer. Where he can show us great and mighty things. Where he can reveal to us what he's been trying to show us for many, many years and decades. There are discoveries and things to be discovered in the realm of the Spirit. Amen. I love what John Newton said. All my discoveries have been made in prayer. Hallelujah. And so I want to say to you today, don't be discouraged. You know, we're going to have this strong emphasis on prayer. And it's going to be awesome and it's going to be great. But, but don't be discouraged by all the prayer giants. You know? If you don't pray for an hour. I remember we used to have prayer every morning at 6 a.m. I mean, it got to the point where people were rolled out on the pews asleep. They were asleep on a pillow. You get into your circle of communion with him for yourself. Don't compare yourself with somebody like a Dr. Cho. 
Dr. Cho prays in the Spirit probably 20 hours a day. There's others that are giants of prayer. Those giants of prayer are simply mentors and examples for us to follow as they follow Christ. But how many of you know you can't start out where someone else is at? You've got to start out where you're at today. And as a pastor, it's really strong in my heart to do this. And I'm going to do it in the near future. I'm going to put together several prayers. It's going to be in English and personalize them. So you can take those prayers and you can pray them daily for yourself. And then I'm going to put together a prayer for the nation where you can take that prayer for the nation and begin to declare and to prophesy and begin to pray things out in the privacy of your own home. Listen, here's what's going to happen. What's going to happen is your life is going to be changed. Now, we pray for a change, but I've discovered this. When people really discover the real purpose of prayer and enter into that, oh, man, it changes their lives. Why? Because God begins to reveal things to them, and he starts permeating them with his presence. You know, my friends, don't you know that in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy? Listen, there's nothing greater than the anointing. There's nothing greater than having God upon you. There's nothing greater than having his stamp of approval on your life. I encourage you to pray. And a lot of times, folks compare themselves with other people's prayer lives. That needs to be stopped. Well, I'm not a great man of prayer. I'm not a great woman of prayer. Let me remind you of someone by the name of Elijah. Elijah was as human as we are. One day Elijah was calling down fire. One day he was splitting water. One day he prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years. The Bible says that the earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results. But we know from Elijah that on one hand he was doing those things and the next day he was running from Jezebel. He was a human like we are. Years ago when Brother Hagin came to do our 10th anniversary, back in 1992 it would have been, he did a minister's conference and then we drove him over to the Full Gospel Business and Fellowship International Meeting in San Francisco. We were his chauffeur that night. And we brought him there and Demas Shakarian was gone by then but his son was there. And it was a big, huge, huge amount of people in this huge banqueting center over in one of the major hotels in San Francisco. We were so honored to be with the Hagans. And I'll never forget what Brother Hagan preached on that night. He stood up in front of all those men, full gospel businessmen. He said this, Elijah was a man. Elijah was a man. And his point was, you're a man. And men... Even though they have weaknesses, even though they've had shortcomings, men of God and women of God can rise up and do exploits for the kingdom of God. See, Elijah didn't feel very good about himself. He was in that cave wanting to die. Some of you may be there right now. You're in a cave spiritually wanting to quit, wanting to die. But you know, your good, good father shows up 
in dark places. I said he shows up in dark places. And he'll come alongside of you and he will remind you of what he said to you last year and last year and last decade. He will breathe hope and strength back into your spirit so that when you come out of that cave, you come out like Superman in Christ Jesus. Elijah was a man. And yet God used him. And my takeaway for you is this, and I've said it again, but I'll say it. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The church, all of us, need to stop being spectators and commentators and living out of our heads. And we must learn the ways of the Spirit and live out of our hearts and pray out of our hearts. What do you say? We pray for a change. Say it with me. I'm going to pray for a change today. Oh, hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Love, folks, you can pray for your family. You can pray for your kids. You can pray for your pastor who's 65 years old. You can pray that God will give me an extension of several years. Please. Pray for long life and strong life for Pastor Tom and Pastor Mark and the leadership of this church. You can pray for peace. You can pray for grace and wisdom, favor and safety. You can pray for today and you can pray for your future. You can pray when you rise up, when you sit down, when you lie down while you're walking around. Hallelujah. When you're looking around, you can pray. When something's bad, you can pray. When something's good, you can pray. When something's intermediate, you can pray. You can praise. You can give. Woo, glory to God. I said glory to God. It's true, folks. We've got a city to win. We've got a nation to win. Prayer changes things. Did it change your life? If it had not been for the prayer of the saints, I'd be in hell today. Prayer changes lives. It changes marriages. It changes businesses. It changes your dreams. And as a church, we are here to do the will of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to reach our city. Lord, we can't do it with the ingenuity of man. We cannot do it with the reasoning of the flesh. This morning, we acknowledge you in all of our ways. It's harvest time, Lord. Thank you for harvest tools. We pray, I pray, Lord, for harvest labors in prayer. I recruit you today. I'm recruiting you today to join us in prayer. We've got a world to touch. And I'm telling you, it takes the wind of God. It takes much more than what just happened here in the last 40 minutes. It takes the touch of God. It takes prevailing prayer. And so this morning, I'm inviting you today to pray for a change. Let's all stand up. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stir yourself up a little bit. 
Yeah, come on. Just stir yourself up a little bit. How about a little praise in the house today? How about a little dance in the Holy Ghost or somebody do something? How about a shout of praise? Come on. How about a yes, Lord, yes. Yes, Lord, yes. Woo-hoo-hoo. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I'm signing up right now. I'm signing up for several more years of pastoring, but I'm signing up. I'm signing up right now for several more years as a servant of the Most High God. I'm signing up as a volunteer in the day of God's power. Is there anybody else that will come to the altar right now and say, yeah, I'm a volunteer too? Come on. Come on. Anybody else?